And so you say, how do I get that white eagle? I want that experience you had. Well, it's not about whether it's plant medicines or it's this meditation or it's that technique or it is a preparation. We are preparing the ground, we're tilling the soil, we're tuning the instrument. And for that moment to unfold, that spiritually central moment to unfold. And it can unfold in all different environments. Like I said, you know, people have it in lovemaking. But for us to pay attention, awakening is about paying attention, being awake to witness it. So we go, oh, there I am. And these exercises that we do in these meditations helps to strengthen the possibility only. It can't make it happen because it is already your essence. You can't make that happen. Welcome, beautiful souls, to season two of the Cosmic Love Antenna with your host, Harrison Ma. I invite you on a mystical voyage from the intellect to the soul, delving deep into the mysteries of love's spiritual essence and its unfolding. This podcast celebrates the peeling back of heart layers, revealing profound lessons, interviews with spiritual seekers, and practices to open your heart to love's infinite wisdom. Good morning, evening, afternoon, magical beings. Welcome back to the show. Welcome back to the Cosmic Love Antenna and a, another deep dive into your beautiful spiritual heart space and a pulling back of the layers that are restricting your loving light from being expanded today. This conversation is for you. If you are a spiritual seeker that is looking for more sacred purpose in your life, this episode is for you. If you are a spiritual seeker that maybe is getting a bit stuck with your journey and you've tried some certain tools, some certain modalities, some certain teachers and and ways of being but still there's something in your way so today's episode is on all things spiritual sensuality unearthing your five sacred purposes and i'm really excited to go into it today with the powerful woman the powerful being the powerful soul that is white eagle medicine woman white eagle medicine woman is an internationally respected shamanic teacher and practitioner. White Eagle has worked in private practice all across the world with individuals, groups, and organizations. She firmly believes that shamanism, which we'll speak a bit about today, offers the most holistic and comprehensive approach to the human psyche and condition. She specializes in how ancient elemental wisdom, teachings, methods, plant medicines, and initiation rites of indigenous people have practical holistic tools for contemporary ailments of humanity. White Eagle, it's a pleasure to to welcome you and have you here on the Cosmic Love Antenna. Mm, I just love hearing that word, the Cosmic Love Antenna. <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> Put my antenna out. <laughs> we, we Thank were, you. We were joking before we started recording how, um, yeah, that's kind of, it's kind of the mission of everything, right? The, the coming back to love that's in, that's in all aspects. Would you agree? Yeah. And it's, again, it's not about finding the truth because that's who we are. It's just about getting rid of the lie that mm. we've accumulated for lifetimes in our karmic soul. So it's, it's about undoing and becoming more natural, mm. becoming more of who you actually are as a being, the human being, not the human doing. So 
that's our journey. Let's, Waiga, let's start there because I want to, I want to get straight into this chat today. And mm. my, my intention, my intention will be to weave a lot of the beautiful spiritual teachings that will be shared and also ground into sort of practical tips and tools that people can take away from today's conversation. So let's, let's start with that question in itself. I, I feel that many people listening to this show probably have the understanding that we do come into this world as human beings, but then get stuck in the doing of life. How do we start to unravel that? How do we start to come back to, as you said, the beingness that is there already? Well, the fastest way, I think, uh, and my, some of my teachers, my kahunas from Hawaii, say that um, when you um, experience the ecstasy at the end of your exhalation. I love that. That is like the simplest instructions in the world, right? So I'm going to teach you a breath of aloha. It's, it's a particular one. And it's just super simple and it cures every ailment under the sun. And it's an ad adaptation of what they call the ha breath of aloha. But this was specifically given to us by the grandmothers for heart issues, for arrhythmia, for high blood pressure, for um, heat and hot sweats and disconnection from the heart. Mm. And it's very easy because in our Native American way, the, the medicine wheel, the four directional medicine wheel is really a symbol, a literal symbol, and we'll go into that, of the heart and the four chambers of the heart. We have four chambers to our heart. So those are those four directions. And so this breath is done that way. So maybe we can just start with that. Please, it just please. drops us into Let's being instead of like the mind chatter. So just take a moment to close your eyes wherever you are. This breath only takes one minute, and we're going to imagine breathing in from the back of the spine, the back of the heart. It's where we put a lot of protection on the heart. And so if you can't do it, just make the intention that you're going to inflate your spine and then breathe out your heart very gently with no big, deep breaths. This is super subtle. And just notice the awareness on the heart. The second breath, we're going to breathe as if we could breathe from the front of the chest out the back of the heart. So just very lightly putting your hand on your heart. Next breath, we breathe in from the left side of the heart and out the right. Next breath, in from the right side of the heart, out the left. Remember your intention is everything. Next breath, breathe up from the ground, through the center of the heart and out through the top of the head. And then the final one from the top of the head all the way down through the center of the heart and out the feet. So we can end grounded to Mother Earth and her heartbeat.
And let's try it one more time, that whole circuit from back to front, front to back, left to right, right to left, bottom to top, and top to bottom. So let's do that circuit one more time in silence. And just on that final breath, on that exhalation, just pausing in that exhalation all the way out the breath. And just before you take your next one, just notice that space between. That's who you are. Between the in and out breath. Between the beating of the heart. That's who you are. The comings and goings are just the weather. It's different when you get on a plane and it may be a rainy day. When you take off and then you pierce the clouds and the sky is always blue beyond. That's who you are, that empty sky. That's where we connect from today. So when you open your eyes, try to hold that presence of that space with you, that space of eternity that isn't your personality or your gender or your culture or your religion. It's your existential essence. And so it is. That's much better. Much better. Much better. <laughs> so, first of all, thank you for sharing that. Why, Eagle? I didn't um, mm. didn't expect you to share that beautiful practice, and you know, it highlights many things. But just the one thing I want to pull out for people tuning in is the significance of our senses being a pathway back to this beingness or this presence or this inner being whatever you want to call it or whatever you connect to it as i it's so easy for us and i'm sure we'll talk about this in different ways today it's so easy for us to get stuck in the stories the personas the beliefs the thinking beautiful thinking mind and yeah. it has its role has its place but when we can come back into the body especially with a practice like that one mm-hmm. it often is the window to the sort of purposeful moment that we are currently in always, right? Mm-hmm. Which sort of directs us into White Eagle. I want to get into the core of this episode today and the teachings that you're sharing with the world. And I guess where I want to start, I think definitions help us set a foundation of where we're going. So I'm wondering if, in your words, if you could define for us what that beautiful name of your title, of your of your program, the spiritual sensuality, what does that what does that mean to you? How do you define spiritual sensuality? Wonderful. Well, I'm going to take us from this breath work, right? Yep. Ishtaba. It's called Ishtaba, which really means the house of light. And this idea of 
of what you just mentioned, connecting us with the senses. So I'm going to kind of take that deeper in um, the word spiritual. We kind of all understand as of the spirit in the five elements of the medicine wheel of earth, air, fire, water, ether, spirit is that which permeates all life. Yeah, that is that quantum field in, in that they speak of in in quantum physics, right? It's that, you know, Rumi says between right doing and wrong doing, there's a field. I'll meet you there. And so my we favorite, understand my favorite quote. Oh, OK, wonderful. So this field of energy or the spirit. And then you have the word sensual, which means of the senses. <laughs> So when the spirit is housed in the five senses completely and utterly, Hawaiians call this vertical time versus horizontal time. And they say all healing takes place in vertical time or in spiritual sensuality. And what this means is my teacher gives an example of, you know, riding on a surfboard and you, you know, you know, you've got that wave. And you're just in that flow, right? You're in that knowing that you're just getting that um, blissful lift. Other people describe it in a moment of lovemaking where all time is now. Or in the near-death experience when the whole life flashes before you. And all time is now. That feeling that you're connected. And we... I call those spiritually sensual moments. And that's what we're after is paying attention to those spiritually sensual moments because that's when we are fully human, fully spiritual, fully alive. And that's, um, I always say people go, oh, the five sacred purposes. I'm so excited to learn about that because I want to be on my spiritual path and I want to be on purpose. And I say, there is no purpose. There is no purpose. And I'll give you a very deep dive of my understanding of that. What these five spiritual purposes are about is helping us to enter, possibly enter the state of spiritual sensuality at all times. And this comes through a lot of shedding of what we believe we are or what we believe we're supposed to be doing in life. And what is that unique one fingerprint that you are essence of spirit in form that you are bringing through? What is that flavor? Nobody asks a rose what its purpose is, right? Nobody says, what is your purpose? Nobody says, what is your purpose to a rose? Because the rose is just exuding this beauty, exuding this swaying in the wind, this erotic smell, and it's enough. And there's a story that one of my teachers tells of Picasso, and he was painting in a park, and this guy walked up to him and started watching him paint. And he sat there for two hours watching him paint. And finally, he said, Picasso, what is the purpose of what you're painting? And Picasso said, 
Well, I was hoping you could tell me since you've been watching me for two hours. I figured you had some insight. He said, the story of the rose, does the rose know its purpose? And he said, I just love painting. That is, so when we're being our true essence, whether it's art or music or whatever is just like exuding from us, that's our purposeless purpose. Because we are just being who we are in our essence. And this program is about discovering that through all different kinds of exercises of shedding all the personality to what my teacher often calls the individuality, your uniqueness, just, just your essence and how you can unfold. And, you know, this idea of the title of this, which is the divine feminine, I want to address that and unearthing your true purpose is the tagline of spiritual sensuality. Why? Because the feminine is the inner of us. It is the listener. It is the receiver. And so we have to go inward. There's no answers on the outside. It's all inward. And so we say, and the divine feminine unearthing it, like bringing it up from the ground, you know, level to discover these five aspects of self. That is your unique essence. And oh, you, you can't be off of it. Let, let me jump in there for a second because I want to I wanna go into those five areas because I think that'll be a beautiful space to go. But let me, I want to pose you a question here that's coming up and it's my spirit speaking in my ear. You've mentioned these layers that we pull back a couple of times, these things that we are shedding. And I, I, would, I would love to ask you, what are some examples of these things that we shed? Because I've noticed in my journey, the beautiful awareness of them in itself can be a, a space in which we connect back to this beingness, right? Just one of my favorite quotes around awareness is the act of observation is an act of creation into itself. So if we get really specific around, you know, what are some of these layers? What are some of these things that we pull back? I think that can really help people tuning in. So in your experience, what are some examples of maybe some of your layers that you've pulled back to illuminate your beautiful inner light? Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so in, in, in like a quickie, um, you know, where our essence is going like base metal into gold, ego into soul, you know, transforming our ego into soul. What does that mean? And then from soul, because the soul carries, it's like a vehicle and it carries karmic history for a lifetime. So it's not just our childhood or our past lives. It's an Akashic record that, that goes through time. And then we have the collective consciousness that we live in. So we have to go from ego to soul, from soul to spirit. So it's, it's a journey that we have to decide to um, be initiated in. And it's never comfortable. Mm, that's key. It's never comfortable. That's key. So let's get on to that. You know, if you're uncomfortable, you're usually doing, you're doing that it right. Work. Yeah. You know, you're, you're, well, because that in itself, whatever that ego is, is the suffering. 
So our identification with it, and I, I would be willing to tell you a very deep personal story that's going on in my life right now. Please, please, um, to to um, bring that home. Um, I've been on a spiritual path my whole life, quote unquote, my spiritual path, whatever that means, um, a spiritual teacher in alternative stuff my entire life. I didn't work any mainstream job ever. So, um, you know, you would think, oh, well, she's on her path, you know, this kind of thing. And I was raised in a very um, a mixed blood. I have a lot of bloods in me, Native American, you know, Turkish, <laughs> Irish, English. And I was brought up very Irish, German, Catholic. And that just explains everything, right? <laughs> we don't even have to even explain the, that one. The history of um, that in itself. The history of that yes. karma. And I was raised with a lot of goal orientation, you know, doing. I would consider myself a type A personality. I knew my purpose as a child. I've been always on this trajectory. And I birthed all sorts of things, programs, grandmother drum touring 20 countries, uh, you know, an international nonprofit organization that travels in 20 countries. Um, and always felt that I was on my purpose. Um, I, I'm a channel, I'm a transmedium, I work for a council on the other side, I, I get instructions, I follow them. And life is is good according to that. Just um, 20 months ago, um, my only daughter um, passed into the spirit world. Um, it shattered me so deeply. Um, I have been a death doula for a number of years. I crossed over my mother, my father, my best friend, um, everyone, uh, and very lovingly so was very at home, I felt, with death being the greatest fiction. And this hit me so hard that all the things that I thought were important in my life were meaningless. None of my work and what I'm here to, quote, do for the world as my service meant a, a shred of anything. And it was, it was so deeply confusing for a person that has been teaching this program, um, you know, helping people find their purpose, all this kind of stuff, and to be purposeless, to be everything to be meaningless. And this was not like a couple of days. This was the darkest night that I had ever experienced for a, a full year. You know, I was working this deeply and um, not being motivated, not understanding why I'm here anymore, wanting to be with my daughter. Um, and it was easy to me to consider because I nearly died in 2019. I was 21 days in the hospital. I had four surgeries and barely made it. It's a story that I won't go into right now. But so I understood my own death, you know, was like very at home with that concept. But hers was was worse. And what I said and what many mothers say is my daughter didn't die that day. I died that day. And I went through an experience of um, what I'm finally coining because no one is talking about this uh, dismemberment talk about sensory 
dismemberment. My body was feeling like I had somebody cut my arm off and I was just laying there. Uh, a part of my body was dead. Like I didn't even know how to deal with my womb, the pain in my stomach. Um, my balance was off. I could not seem to navigate that this person was a part of my body and was gone. And so um, I did some very, very, very deep dive work. And lucky that I was in this particular process is that, you know, I've been a trans medium. So talking to my daughter um, began. Uh, and she began to automatic write through me. The first couple of weeks, I couldn't hear anything. And I was just flipping out. And then finally, she talked through another medium to me and said, you got to automatic write with me, mom, because you're just so overwhelmed. And I was like, okay, and I, you know, did this religiously, where I would meditate, light a candle and just ask her to come. And then she started to teach me. And she was the only one that could help me, the only one. And she began to give me some instructions, which I followed to help with my somatic suffering. And then she said, um, I needed to do three successive plant medicine journeys with this particular plant, this many months apart. And by the third one, I would totally have my own epiphany of the whole journey. Well, the last one happened in July. I'm not going to go into the others, but the last one happened in July. And I finally understood why I had to die that day and why um, I had to lose all meaning and purpose. And it was like a landslide, a bulldozer. And it took everything of my existence and made it invisible. And I'm going to say something that might be kind of, I don't know what it's going to sound like, but I had an experience of enlightenment. We could call it a flash of enlightenment for eight hours. Um, my soul came. My voice was not any other being that I work with, and I work with thousands of beings on the other side. It was my own essence spoken to my little me, my ego me, my whole body filled with light. And, I, and the voice only spoke in first person and said, I am the light that I am searching for. So I want to say that to everyone, to say it to yourself, even if you've never had this experience that I'm about to share, I am the light that I am actually searching for, that all of my goals are for, that all my awakenings are for, that all I want to have this better life for, it already exists. It's never not existed. And this weren't words to me at that time. These, this was a realization that was so full-bodied, that was so full consciousness, because I felt like my baby girl was my light. Mm. I called her that. She was, I called her my bright star. And that this light was taken. And I could not, you could have said that to me, but you're, you have the light that just as much, you know, that meant nothing to me. 
And this experience was so deep, so total. And my little self was buzzing around like a mosquito, to, a moth to a flame, right? This whole body was light. And this voice was, I am, you know, mm. and, and I was like, but what about my spiritual journey? You know, <laughs> like, what about all the journey I've made? And it was like, if you're on a journey, the voice said, if you're on a journey, you've already left. Yeah. <laughs> Why, Eagle, I, I want to, I can't help but not add into this. So first of all, thank you for sharing that beautiful journey. You, you shared a bit of that for our pre-chat, but I didn't, you didn't share all of it to that degree. And mm -hmm. I think it's the topic of today's conversation and this understanding of spiritual purpose. I, I wrote a post this morning before this conversation around being here now in this moment, the, the answers lie, right? Everything is within you. And it's such a spiritual cliche thing to say, like, I agree with you. We could hear it from a 3D form and say, okay, I understand that, but you know, what does that actually mean? Until we have an embodied journey like you beautifully had, right? And it, it highlights a couple things, but I'll just, I'll say this, and then I want to ask you a question here. It highlights that deep, deep pain that we're going through. It's always bringing us something, but it's often us that's in the way from seeing what that message is, right? A piece of us. So I guess my question for you, White Eagle here is, how does this now tie into maybe some of the ceremonies or rituals or, you know, the different lenses that you look at spiritual purpose through within the beautiful work that you're offering? Well, first off, I had to get rid of purpose altogether. Speak, and about, meaning. speak about that. And that, what the voice said, you know, and the command, it was more than a voice. It was an experience. I, I'm just doing it because it's easier to say what the voice said, but is that all your meaning and purpose is all goal oriented to the future. When you are already what you're looking for, you're, you're going on a journey to something you already are. And in, in America, of course, we had this movie when I was growing up of the Wizard of Oz. And of course, she goes on this mythical journey of the four elements, all those beings represented each aspect of herself of soul retrieval, until she gets to the wizard, and then she finds out you know, that he's a fake behind the curtain and said, you had the power all along inside of you. You just needed to, you know, realize it. And the difference between purpose, as we understand it, um, I would say this is a purposeless um, uh, journey, this course to your essence. But we call it the purpose because it makes sense to people. But the idea of purpose is, is to um, set it into the future. And it also really binds with um, Christianity, uh, Buddhism, everything that we've learned is, here, here's my answer to your other question now, tying even deeper. The number one thing that we think collectively that is 
as far away as possible of I am the light is that we're not good enough. We are born with it. It's a collective and we have religious beliefs and all of us included that are on a spiritual path. It doesn't matter if you were born in Christianity or Buddhism. We think about reincarnation. We think we're going to come back if we didn't get it. We're going to have to go through mm -hmm. it again. We failed the test. I, I People say to me, I, I, I'm coming to you because I want to know if I'm on my purpose, you know, as if they... Um, are passing a test. Yeah. And they'll so be marked wrong or right. That whole consciousness yeah. is what died in me that day. This whole, this whole thing of, I have to get somewhere to be, to realize something. And in the East, what we understand about meditation, I'm a sannyasin of Osho and I've done thousands and millions of years of Osho meditation and this kind of Eastern stuff is that we can't do meditation. It's an oxymoron right? Because meditation is your essence. When you experience meditation, we could call it spiritual sensuality. It's the same. But we do breath work like we just did. We do all sorts of sound healing kind of toning mantras. Why? To allow us to possibly tune our instrument, because the seven chakras are the seven notes of the scale, just to tune our instrument so the music can play through us of creation. It is just preparation. When you brew the breath work like we just did, we just prepared ourselves to get into a state of who we actually are. But we can't make that happen. I have traveled how many lifetimes, including this one, and I never ever had the moment of self-realization. That's all I ever wanted. That's my goal and that's my purpose, self-realization. I couldn't make it happen. You can't make it happen. And so you say, how do I get that white eagle? I want that experience you had. Well, it's not about whether it's plant medicines or it's this meditation or it's that technique or it is a preparation. We are preparing the ground, we're tilling the soil, we're tuning the instrument. And for that moment to unfold, that spiritually central moment to unfold. And it can unfold in all different environments. Like I said, you know, people have it in lovemaking. But for us to pay attention, awakening is about paying attention, being awake to witness it. So we go, oh, there I am. And these exercises that we do in these meditations helps to strengthen the possibility only. It can't make it happen because it is already your essence. You can't make that happen. I want to play a bit of devil's advocate here for you, White Eagle, and propose you something that I feel some people might be asking. And just to, before I get to that, you know, the image that I get when you're sharing this is I'm a big fan of Eckhart Tolle and this is an image that he describes and you've probably heard it it's you know the light of consciousness that we are this beingness this this deep essence we could describe as a a light with a a light shade right and that beautiful expanded consciousness light it's always on it's always there but the question is what is the density of the the nightshade that we're currently observing through right and all of these practices that you've beautifully highlighted today help us come back and move through that density but 
the devil's advocate that I want to play at you here, White Eagle, is, okay, we connect into the beingness. We're feeling creative source or purposeful source move through us. Does something happen at that point, right? Are you usually evoked to add yourself to the collective? Are you usually inspired to, you know, I'll use the example of the beautiful tour that you went around the world with, with the, with the drum. How do you explain this part of the process? Is it, is it presence wanting to help the collective expand? How would you explain that sort of outward expression that comes? Well, I love your question because it's exactly the same question I asked this um, um, omnipotent light. I was like, will I ever want to do anything again? Because I, if I already am, like, what do I need to do anything for? What's the point? And yeah. What's the point? Yeah. And, and the light said, I don't know if you will. <laughs> and I was like, I said, well, will I get up, you know, from this bed? Because this medicine really knocks you for a loop. And it, and the voice said, can you get up from the bed? And I said, no, then you're in the future. Okay. So, this went on and the, I kept interacting like, will I ever do anything? I mean, I'm just going to sit around. I mean, and just delight in myself. No, if the light wants to express itself, the beauty of itself and do this or that or the other. Perfect. But you cannot add to your light or diminish your light by doing it. That's what has to be That's clear. The key. And that was like, oh, so I can't get better. You know, I have to achieve. It was like, no, if, and it used the word, if it's of delight, isn't that an interesting play on words? This delight, it's coming from a sense of overflow, wanting to express beauty into the world. And all the things that don't have purpose are things like beauty, like the rose, like your your own essence, um, health. Okay, so you don't you don't go to the doctor and go, why am I healthy? What's the purpose? You only go when you're sick and say, what's the purpose of me being sick? Right? What's the purpose of me suffering? That's when you know you are not in essence anymore or disease, we call it disease. And, you know, we've had Carolyn Mace and all these wonderful mystics talk about, you know, all the symptoms of all disease have to do with our own issues because we are out of the harmony of who we are. So we only ask what's the purpose when we're out of that. And that's what the light was showing me in that. It's like, going somewhere and i said where will i go you know and i noticed that when i was in this experience the light was only down to about my thighs it did not go down my knees to my feet the whole eight hours i'm just laying there going oh my god this is so far and this whole experience is happening and it's literally harrison burning my entire identity Then I was like, how's it going to burn this course? Because this has been my focus, its purpose. It burned it all to the ground. But what I understood as this unfoldment, 
because I was asking myself, who am I from that day? Who am I now? What is true? If all of that is false, going around the world thinking I was helping others, if it's all false, who am I now? And what will I be doing? I just laid there for a couple of days going, I'm going to go do that, you know? And then I was like, what's wanting me to do that? And checking in with my agenda. And I realized that a lot of my expression of my work in the world, quote unquote, was joyful. Mm. Was joyful. It was like, I want to do that. That's fun. And other times I think, oh, that's good for the foundation or I'm going to market that or whatever that other garbage is. And I'm like, all that needs to be removed. Had a board meeting with our foundation. And I was like, everybody's like, oh, really? We don't know this person. So it severed everything. And just like I have read for all my life in every bit of the work I've done from every great teacher like Eckhart Tolle to you name it, is that it's such a flash, it strikes you in an instant of recognition. The realization is instant. It's like you always have, always will be, and you're like, holy mackerel, I have just been wearing this plastic mask, you know? And it's so, um, I was weeping through it because it was so hard for my ego. My ego was just going, everything you've done means nothing, you know, really? You know, and, and yet it was so freeing. It was so freeing. It was like, what does that mean if I free that? Who am I without that identity? And it's a very Western identity anyway, this idea of goal and accomplishment and striving and purpose and, you know, <clears throat> Tom Robbins, be all you can be, you know, it's part of it. And it's like, it's fine as long as we don't identify with it as and being real. And lose what the truth is, right? Lose what that deeper, let's, let's just call it light from this point on what that deeper light is. Why Eagle, there's so many beautiful little tangents we can go off on here, but I want to, <laughs> <laughs> I do want to, I want to come back to your the beautiful outline of this program today. And I guess wrap everything into the question of these five purposes, right? These five sacred purposes. So let me ask you, and I just want to point out the beautiful Sharon in the Facebook community. Sharon sends you the message, White Eagle. Thank you for sh thank you for sharing your beautiful story around the daughter and everything that came up. She it hit her heart. the The question I want to ask you to come back to your beautiful program and experience that you'll be helping people with. Can you delineate the difference between the five different purposes? Right. So we have. We have the soul purpose, the life purpose, the work purpose. What, based on everything we've shared thus far, what is the distinction here for people to understand? Well, first of all, the distinction, I want to just say thank you to that woman. And also, yeah. and I also want to let people know that I'm like struck by lightning and I'm still grieving. Yeah. I'm still human. So, um, it's, and what's different now is that the light is penetrating all of it to be perfect in itself. Like it's the nowness of it. And this is 
you know, the, the light said to me, uh, when I said it wasn't down my legs, and how do I get it down my legs? And it said, you're in the future, just be with it where it is. And it said, these legs have never walked light before. That's a profound statement. It means you haven't fully embodied it yet. And, you know, I'm like, always on the goal, right? Give me something I need to do, you know, and it was like, stop. At some point, it said the light will penetrate the I am the light. It'll penetrate those two words or the my self. And that's when the explosion will take, take you. And so it was like this uh, understanding that there was still more self to penetrate, more ego self. And it didn't like suddenly vanish and I don't grieve about my daughter. It didn't vanish everything. But it brought me my core to look through that lens of everything. And so what I do now when both of those experiences happen at the same time, my grief and my knowledge, because the line just comes back, I am the light I'm searching for, it just comes back over and over. And then I just ask that light that I have been searching for, that is, to just hold this other aspect that is still suffering from the illusion of separation. Mm. Okay. I, I, I call that white eagle and, holding the child holding that child piece in mm. love. Well, it's not always the child piece. In my case, it's the mother piece, you know, but it is not my wounded child in that case. And we have five aspects, the same as the five things, inner man, inner woman, inner boy, inner girl, and high self that we work with. And that's a very particular work called balancing our shields. So yes, it's sometimes the child or it's the adult shield or whatever. So I want to tell people that it's like, doesn't just vanish everything, but it penetrates everything if you ask it to, or embraces everything with a different awareness, a, di a whole different thing. Just like we open this with this immense love that says, fine, you're still an illusion. Oh, I love you anyway. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. So back to the five now. As we unfold in the five, which is really just the five elements, again, Spirits housed in five senses in this vehicle that we call the body. And so what we're doing is through these five purposes, which I just like to see the word purpose as focus. It's focusing light. That's all we're doing. We're focusing light in to look deeper. And the first one is our East purpose in the medicine wheel, because that's grandfather's son in our native way. And that's the rising of consciousness, the beginning of consciousness, the rising of the sun. It's our solar plexus where we call our I am center, right? The solar plexus. And so this is the beginning of understanding I am the light that I'm searching for. And it's all the gifts and talents that we came into this life with from the past. So it's the natural artist, the natural healer, the natural musician. Again, coming back to essence. You know, you like to word our true light. I just like to use the word essence. Um, and so that purpose is, is to shine the light, focus the light, and uncovering and unearthing all of those natural things. And one of those exercises can simply be going into the time when we're seven years old. Mm. What, we, what we were passionate or what just 
you know, made what our was lives. The spark? What was yeah, the spark? Yeah, what was the spark? Yeah. So there's many ways in spiritual sensuality, the program through automatic writing and journaling, walks in nature. Um, we make ceremonial art throughout the whole time. We make the rattle for this because the rattle is the first instrument we're given when we're born. And that's to call that essence from the past life into this life. Um, so there's um, turning the medicine wheel to the south has our life purpose. The south is our water element in our sweet medicine teachings. It is our emotional body. It's also the heart of the matter. So the heart of the matter to our people is the giveaway. So this is what I'm here to give or teach others this lifetime. Like what, what's my gift to teach and to and offer that, of that you, light? White Eagle, would you connect that, that gift that we're offering? Because I want to connect this back to what we were just speaking about a second ago. That comes up after we've reawakened and reconnected back to that presence would that be a characteristic Mm -hmm. essence that would that be a characteristics Mm -hmm. of the outpouring the outspilling of love yes and just looking from the east right we we kind of capture those natural things and then we want to give it away it's just like like the flower it doesn't go hey come by i smell right it's just there exuding its juiciness and you come by you you know, and that's ours. It's not like we have to give some, it, it's our essence. It's our fragrance. So that's our giveaway. Like native people don't say, what do you do for a living? They say, what's your giveaway? Mm. Love it. And their giveaway is encased in your in- indigenous name. Like my name is white Eagle medicine woman. So I have white Eagle medicine. That's my giveaway. That's what I'm here to offer. In the Mayan count, it's almost the same. Mine is white crystal wind. It's the giveaway. It's the channel of the word. I mean, that's what I do. I channel the word and helping people to understand the journey. So the natural thing that just wants to flow through you is the life purpose. The work purpose, which is our West teaching, rising sun in the East, Mother Earth in the West, the sun and earth. Um, this is a, a medicine wheel that I will say, without any vanity, is the true medicine wheel. We have many people go, oh, I don't have that in the South. I have that in the East. And this is the way the cosmos is set up. This is the way our bodies are set up. And they're called sweet medicine Sundance teachings. So the West teaching is the earth element, the body itself, and our work purpose. This means our actual service. We're going to see that in a minute when we combine all of them. So if all of these are happening, this is what it practically looks like, like you sitting there doing a podcast, like that's the practical application of the giveaway. And the other purpose, which were two purposes, which we have not mentioned yet. And the rose, the, with the rose analogy, because let's keep using that because I think it's a beautiful one. What would be the work example? Would it be the, the, the petal that's flowering or the actual fragrance of the smell that's being expressed? Oh, another great question. Okay, so in Alaska Native culture, they have a word for this. It's called tanaawa. 
And it's such a beautiful word because it means the work of the land. So it's not the petal, nor the stem, nor even the roots. It's the earth mother. It's existence. It's creation itself coming through that physical manifestation. Um, all the plant kingdom, by the way, is in the south and the medicine wheel, and they're called the one-leggeds, yeah? And that's our idea of oneness, and that's why plant medicines teach us about our light and our oneness, because they teach us about the essence of the dream of Gaia, which is to be heaven on earth for us, to be the embodiment of beauty. So yes, you could say all of the flower and the stem and all of that, but this word goes even beyond that, right? It's like... I'm surrendering to something even greater coming through me that is Gaia herself, the larger elemental energies of consciousness that are just breathing through this empty bamboo that I am, the holes in the flute, as the Eastern say, that make the music, right? My, my things that I think are my wounds or I'm not over my grief or whatever the story is, is the holes in the flute that make our own music. Yeah. So that's how I would answer that. It's like, it's, yes, it's the petals, it's the stem, it's the roots, but it's also something even beyond that. It's, it's being that empty vehicle for creation to move through us mm. more effortlessly. I love that. Um, we have two more. What yes, our North teaching is um, the air element to us. And if you ask me after this, the human design of the wheel, that's a very important thing to understanding this, um, is opposite our life purpose in the south, now is the north, right? Trajectory. So east, west, we already know we have what I came in, my gifts and talents and my service in the world. Now we have on the south north, which is our vertical axis in the wheel, we have this being able to, uh, to give away, to teach, so what would be the opposite? To receive. What I'm to, to, hear, receive. to receive or learn this lifetime. Mm. What is my learnings? And how many of us, myself included, you probably can raise your hand, are teaching what we most need to learn? Every day. <laughs> and that is the wonderful balance between the higher, that's called the higher purpose, and the life purpose. So the higher purpose is to receive. Isn't that interesting? It is higher to receive than give. Yeah. Now, an elder said this to me one time, and I was really perplexed because I'm so service oriented. She says, it's better to receive than give. And then she defined that by then, T-H-E-N, meaning in order right? First do this, then do that. Instead of either or. Not T-H-A-N, which would have been either or. She said, first receive, then give. Fill your cup with, be overflowing. Yeah. Don't do something with an agenda, which is what the light was trying to tell me. Fill yourself, know yourself, and then flow out of that just by wanting to share it. Yeah. Share the light. It, it's why well, you what it evokes in me is I often on the show speak about being this beautiful divine channel of love that we are. And the first step in that divine channel 
remembering is opening your channel up, opening your channel up to do what? To receive, right? To receive, as we've talked about in a couple of different ways today already, the beautiful answers, the beautiful light of consciousness, the beautiful divine presence of God or divinity that we are, that is already there. So it, you know, it's it's a deep, deep truth that, or maybe higher isn't the right word, but in order, like you're saying, in order is the step to take because if we're not doing that then we're most likely acting from a story or a belief or a or a should or a could right well this ties directly to the medicine wheel of what i was just saying the human design of the wheel the mind is is the north element the mind air fastest our mind understands enlightened but where i wasn't embodied right so it was nice like oh i am the light but you know meaningless right so that teaching is always meant to put us in the receptive position so if you're trying to follow the breadcrumbs of spiritually sensual moments of your life how we have to do that is open up to the four kinds of meditation that help us with these four aspects and that is sitting meditation asking for guidance we should never make a decision unless we ask for three messages of guidance to a direction that we are planning to go on. And this is part of my free gift, which is, you know, communication from your soul, the 10 messages from your soul that you can get by clicking the link below in this um, that helps you start that spiritual sensuality uh, path. Um, and that's one of them. You know, we wait for three messages from from spirit. And how many of us have had that happen where, you know, somebody emails us or a book drops from the shelf and we're like, oh my God, that's incredible. I asked that question. But we often don't pay attention to the three levels of dreaming. There's three levels of dreaming as well. So the North aspect is, is highly misguided um, in this higher purpose is highly misguided in Western culture because we always drive our lives by the mind. And the mind is meant to be like they say, minds are like parachutes. They best function when open. <laughs> so it's about receiving. We don't direct our lives by our pension plan. Like that's, we have not met the driver yet of this vehicle. I'll just say that. We have the four, but we have not met the driver of this vehicle. Who is the one that directs this stage play? And that is our spirit. That's the center purpose. That is what makes all of this unfold properly. The soul has to receive from the spirit. And so the spirit or the light or the essence or God, goddess, oversoul, higher self, whatever, has to be the one in ignition of the dream of being in this planet. That is who has decided to embody into form. So the, the spiritual purpose, you could say is the most important, but they're all important to our discovery of ourselves. And this is what we're here to transform this lifetime, trans the form or embody. And this one takes some, some reflection on one's life to understand why did you really come here? What did you come here to demonstrate? What did you come here to transform? What did you come here to embody? And mine happened to be, lo and behold, to learn that death is the greatest fiction. 
that there is no death. Okay, that has been something that came to me many, many years ago. And what happened in my life is tragic, tragic death. Okay, so that I could, because I was identified with this as a truth. And if I was going to embody, I mean, we all go, yeah, there's no death. Yeah. And then just watch the person you most love die in your arms, like see if that really works for you. Um, and I had worked on this for years. The last one I had before my daughter was my best friend of 40 years. Amazing spiritual woman, like the, started the first massage school in the state of Alaska, was just a meditator every day of her life. And so when she passed, it was the most glorious moment for me because I felt like I finally got it. Like I I got it. I was there holding her and I was like, she just went like, like you just drop, like I just dropped this, like, okay, <laughs> that's it. The body was dropped like that. And I started lecturing on death, the greatest fiction. I was like, I've realized it. And a year later, I would be taken, I would be taken to the ground to see if that was really true. And I feel that whatever our spiritual purpose is, it has to break us out of an egg of our, our ego that is so programmed. And I swore, I've been working on myself for so many years that I had peeled away this and that and incest and everything I've had to do in my life. And I thought, I got it, you know, after, like, I, I think this is it. I think I'm blessing out. And then I was so identified with that death to take myself out. Now, I wouldn't have done that to myself, but I didn't want to really live. And that has never been true for me ever in my life. So it was so humbling. And it went in there like, you know, a root canal you know, like getting a deep spiritual root canal. And um, would I have ever wanted this initiation? Never, never in a million years would I have wanted this initiation. However, I do so much work with grieving parents, with people in deep, deep trauma, and to understand that what's happening in that I died that day is my illusions were on the fire. And I thought it was me because I was so attached to it as being true. And in that self-realization, in that flash of enlightenment, I realized all of it was false and that I was in a charades my whole lifetimes. I mean, I'm talking about lifetimes. I'm not just talking about this life. I'm very in touch with my lifetimes. And I was like, all of it gone, all bullshit. And I was like, oh, that's so humbling. There it is. It, it sounds like White Eagle. So first of all, thank you for describing all the beautiful stages. And I wanna speak about that in a second here, but it sounds like this spiritual purpose if one is listening to this and tuning in and wants to bring awareness to where their spiritual purpose might be showing up in their lives, one could start looking at 
the most painful experiences in their past up to this moment. It's specifically the painful experiences that may have caused some kind of ego death, some kind of really held persona to finally crack open. Would that, is that correct? Yes. And that death is essential. Yeah. Death of what the ego and any of its traumas is essential because it's the only thing that, you know, it's like when we learn about, um, you know, if you have a fireplace in your house and you're a baby crawling around and your mother goes, no, don't touch that, you know, and the first time you reach for it, you know, you get it, you know, pain is part of that. It's part of piercing that comfortability of the ego. And none of us want it. None of us would like go, I want to be tested like that, you know, but native people, we don't look at that as a punishment or a victimhood, you know, which I was trying, I was trying in those that year to be a victim. And I just know that that's not true, but it was very hard to, to disidentify with that. That word is initiation. That's what the word is in native culture. You know, when you go through rites of passage, they're for your initiation, whether it's a sweat lodge, whether it's a sun dance where the men get pierced, like starved and pierced. Why? Because they don't bleed and they don't have children. And so they don't know what that level of crucifixion is in childbirth. And so they have these rites, the men, that's what we think all the blood rights are, war, everything. They're blood rights that men have created because they don't, they don't birth. And that is like, you know, the ultimate ego death to birth a child, you know. And so I felt like what I went through in this, time, this particular round of it is not only birthed her physically, but I birthed myself spiritually. This was like her birthing me now into the light. And what a um, gift. And that's what she has done. And I named her after my favorite thing in the world, which is the mountains. So her name was Sierra. So this was the highest mountain I would ever climb and um, the deepest valley I'd ever go through. And I, I feel, again, we don't choose those, but they are part of our initiation so that we can manifest what we say we want, which is this d divine bliss which is beyond all separation and all pain and suffering. Um, because at the essence of all pain and suffering is separation. Um, and, you know, my daughter was saying, why are you crying? You're talking to me every day. You know, I'm telling you everything. Um, you're telling people you lost me. Mom, I'm not lost. I, I was lost when I was alive. Um, I'm not lost now, mom. So don't tell people you lost me and don't tell them I died because I didn't. And I'm like, what, honey? Like, give me some slack, you know? And I just would be like, and she said, Mom, this is exactly how I used to feel around you. You were always so far ahead of me. And I'm like, be patient with me, honey. This is really hard, you know? And she's writing profound stuff. I mean, totally healing everything I ask. And she's like, we're getting together more than we used to. And we have a better relationship, which we do. And I'm like, okay. So again, and no matter how many times I've been a channel and spoken to people across the veil, I couldn't, Different. I still, I still felt this deep separation. Yeah. And, um, and the light said that to me, just let the light penetrate it. 
don't do anything. Just ask that when you're ready, that it will be penetrated too. This too will be penetrated with love, with light. And you can't rush anything. You know, it has to evolve. And that's why we say, well, how do I get to spiritual sensuality? How do I get to enlightenment? And we say, yes, you can meditate. That's a great way. And you can do this and you can do indigenous ceremonies and all the things that we have to offer to give you, to cultivate the ground. Because we spend so much time in the world muscle, right? And so that gets really strong. We're in the mind, we're on computers, we're doing this, we're setting goals, like blah, blah, blah. When if we want to know our essence, we have to devote time to being in a state that will breathe through everything. Eventually, that technique drops. You know, like Native people don't say, we are doing ceremony. We become ceremony. We go from doing it to becoming it. But sometimes you got to do the little exercise to kind of, you know, fake it till you make it. And when we go out and we do a big ceremony for the healing waters, you know, we're, we do the river and we go out to the river and do these songs. When is the day that you open the faucet and start singing? In the bathtub, your life becomes prayer. And prayer, the highest prayer, is always gratitude mm. for what is. Grandmothers call it the G-spot. <laughs> <laughs> a beautiful kind. Uh, White Eagle, I could, you know, there's, some, uh, there's a beautiful comment coming through the chat. Sharon says, this is so comforting, Harrison and White Eagle. Thank you. And uh, I cannot agree more with what Sharon's mm. saying. It's, you know, all of your words are beautiful, but the presence and the frequency and the, mm. the light coming through and from behind them. Mm. I could receive and be here all day, but we do not have all day, unfortunately. <laughs> and I would like to give you a bit of space here, White Eagle, before my last question. I do have one more question, but before that last question, if people tuning in either live or on the podcast when they listen to it want to go a bit deeper into what we've talked about today in regards to this spiritual sensuality and the five sacred purposes. I know I'm going to put your free gift in the show notes so people can click on that and get the free gift, but where do you want to direct people to find out more about this beautiful gift and flower that you're sharing with the world? Well, first off, I'll say, make sure you tune in and it's your guidance and I'm the right person. Um, and it's, uh, there should be a link there to spiritual sensuality. The online program uh, program launches October 13th, Friday, the 13th. Um, and it will have uh, eight weeks of um, a playbook, um, ceremonial arts that we're doing online live with me. Um, you know, all sorts of journey work that you can do. And this again, is just uncovering you. It's uncovering you and your essence. And, you know, if I was to say one thing to help you access it is what was told to me by the light. And it was worth, it was a double meaning because I was using um, of the sacred mushroom mother and it was golden teachers. And the light said to me, silence is the golden teacher. So you want to access who you are. It's not in the chatter. It's in the silence. You know, 
it's in the being it's in that space between the beats and the breaths is the first first way in you know the hawaiians say it's at the end of your exhalation before you take your next breath when you breathe all the way out and you pause that's where your essence is mm. so we can all do that we can do it several times throughout the day and that ishtaba that we did I asked people to do it for 60 seconds because it only takes 60 seconds out of every hour that they're awake for 60 days. And we launched what we called 60, 60, 60, take a breath. People were healed of everything. You name it on the Facebook page. People going, I no longer have anxiety. One minute. And so we just set our phones, boom, we'd stop. We just do the circuit. That's it. And, um, my dad, when he came out of surgery, I was watching, he almost died coming out of surgery and his blood pressure was off the roof and he was barely conscious, he was just coming out of anesthesia. And I just said, taught him how to do it and watch the monitor in front of me change. It's that fast. So you are right there. Yeah, I love it. You're right there. Why Eagle, thank you for your medicine today. It's been a, I'm grateful. I'm gonna throw that G spot right back at you. <laughs> I am very, very, very grateful for your beautiful light today. My final question for you, and I'm and I'm quite intrigued in regards to how you will answer this. And I have a suspicion on how you will, but let's see what happens. This is the cosmic love antenna. And one of the reasons it is named that way is because along my journey and my path, I've come to a reacquaintance that that light that we've spoken about in many different ways today, for me is a deep consciousness of love itself. So I'm wondering in your world, how do you personally define that love word itself? Oh my, you're asking the big one. I always give you like, like, can't let let you off with an easy little question. (laughs) Well, you know, um, in the in the medicine wheel of what we work with is the first one, of course, is the East, which is how we're conceived, right? Sex. And as we journey that wheel to the South, um, it becomes love. And as we journey all the way through the center, it becomes super consciousness. So sex becomes love, love then becomes super consciousness. Um, the all pervading force of the universe is love. Um, and the grandmothers say it this way, the heart is always forgiving. And we can see that in two ways, because we know that the South is the giving purpose, right? To give, but also forgiving, mm-hmm. right? It's, it's for, it's already before. Um, and I would just say it's the abundance of the existence um, of essence or light as it is. And it's, it's, pure form. You can see that in every animal. Like we say, your pets, they know how to love unconditionally. It's who we are. It's already who we are. And I would, I would say it's interchangeable with essence or pure light of consciousness. Um, And it's pure light of consciousness that has been embodied. That has Mm. been embodied. Mm. I think that's a little that's the little asterisk right at the end. Yeah, there, just right? a little that, parenthesis. Yeah, yeah. Ooh. Embodied, embodied love. <laughs> White Eagle, thank you for your time today. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your light. It's been a beautiful pleasure to dance and receive from you today. 
a lot of the beautiful people in the Facebook group sending their love to thank you, Rhonda, Sharon, everyone that's popped in today to receive and to listen. If this episode hits your heart today, if the beautiful guidance from White Eagle really expanded you, please share this out with a friend, a family member, a lover that you think it can help. But regardless, both White Eagle and I send you so much love, so much light. And until next time here on the show, we'll see you again very soon. Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Cosmic Love Antenna with me, your host, Harrison. If you gained value or this episode hit your heart, please remember to share this out with a friend, a family member, or a lover. You can also leave your love over on Apple Reviews and Spotify Star Feedback, and this helps me spread my frequency to more souls in need. Finally, if you want to connect with me deeper, want to reach out, interested in coaching, please follow me on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and LinkedIn at Harrison Ma, Ma spelled M-E-A-G-H-E-R. Sending you so much love.